When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. My special guest this afternoon was Billy Neal. He's an Astros fan and a school teacher. I met him on uh, Twitter. He sells baseball cards to raise money for his students. So we're going to tell his story on this episode, and it is an amazing story. And also what we're going to do is we're going to auction off three cards, and all the money that we raise will go to his students So be on the lookout for that as well. Also, I have new intro and new outro, so I hope you enjoy that. But one thing I want to tell you before you listen to the show is that I kind of messed up and I had the phone a little too close to the microphone, so it's picking up a little feedback, so there's a little staticky sound. So I apologize in advance for that. I know you don't want to hear podcasts with bad audio, but anyway... You're going to enjoy his story. It's amazing. And hopefully all of you or some of you, we just need three of you. We just need three of you to help him out, raise money for his kids. We're going to auction off three Astros cards and they're all signed. They're hand signed by the players themselves. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode with uh, Astros fan and school teacher Billy Nill. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. I have a special guest with me today. His name is Billy Neal. You may know him on Twitter as Astros A to Z. He's a teacher and an Astros fan. Billy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So, tell me a little bit about what you're teaching right now. So, right now I teach um, I teach Algebra 1 to freshmen, but I also teach a robotics class. Um, and so, we explore things like basic robotics, programming, 3D printing, um, all, all kinds of really cool engineering-related stuff. So that's uh, a far cry from what I was taking in school. They actually have a robotics class in school now? But, so I actually started this class in my school. When I got there, um, I, I just taught straight math. And I saw that there was kind of an opportunity that the kids really hadn't experienced anything like that before. And so I went to my principal, and we kind of hammered out a class. We created this class. It was 
it was pretty cool to build it from the ground up. Wow. So what, how, what grade are your uh, students in? Uh, the the robotics kids range anywhere from freshmen to seniors because um, there's several levels of the class. Okay, um, so you're all my outdoor kids are freshmen. Okay, so you're a high school teacher. Yeah, high school. Yeah. And where? And that's in Louisiana. Yeah, it's in, uh, it's in the town of Bossier City, Louisiana, but we're we people know where Shreveport is. We're right next to Shreveport. Oh, okay. So, how did you become an Astros fan? So that's it's kind of a complicated question, but it actually starts with the Shreveport Captain. Um, my grandfather was a huge just sports fan. He loved all sports. But my family is Canadian, so we tended to focus on things like hockey. Yeah. Um, but he didn't care. He just loved sports. So he would take me to see the Shreveport Captains play. And I thought my grandfather was like magic. Because he would sit there and he would tell me like, hey, that guy's about to steal second base. And little six-year-old kid is like, what are you talking about? He's not doing anything. And sure enough, he would steal second base. So that kind of grew that love of baseball of sitting next to my grandfather watching the Shreveport Captains play. And then, uh, so we wanted to watch baseball on TV. And there, there are only two teams on TV at the time. That's the Braves and the Cubs. But I mostly watched the Cubs play. And nobody wanted to cheer for the Cubs in the ninth because they sucked. Yeah. They had Ryan Sandberg, and that was basically it. But they would play this team that had these crazy cool rainbow uniforms. And it turned out that team was only three hours away from where I lived. So that, that was how my Astros fandom was born. So do you remember your first game? Did you, you went to some games in the Astrodome, I, I, I'm assuming? Lots of them. The dome was so cool, and it's so hard to explain to people who never actually got to watch a game there how, how cool the Astrodome is. Um, I love Minute Maid Park, don't get me wrong, but there, there's nothing like the dome. Yeah, that, when I first started going, it was in 96, and that's where they played. And we would generally just sit up in the in the uh, stripe seats, kind of behind first base. And those were good seats to me back then. Yeah, yeah. So, do yeah, you remember? We would just sit as far away as possible, whatever the cheapest ticket was. <laughs> so, do you have any memories of your very first game? Do you remember anything about it? Uh, I, I, I honestly couldn't even tell you which game it was. It would have been around... <laughs> It would have been around 86 or 87. Oh. But I was pretty young. My, my family, my family's always been big into sports and like going to see sports and then kind of doing it as a cultural experience. And yeah. so I was, you know, five or six years old. Oh, okay. You're really young then. <laughs> I, I guess. Okay. So how I met you is through Twitter and I always see you on there selling cards and uh, so that would mean you're a, you are a card collector. So how did you get into card collecting? So, you know, it's a complicated question, and I'm not really sure what the answer is. But I do remember that I had family members who collected baseball cards. And I know that I had a, uh, I have a cousin who loved Don Mattingly. Like, he was a huge Don Mattingly fan. And he would just give me cards. Like, because he just wanted Don Mattingly. So he would just give me, like, extra cards that he didn't want anymore. Hmm. And I want to say that's kind of where it started for me. But, but I, I don't know that. I was so young when I started collecting. 
Yeah, when I was hard a, to give her like for sure. When I was a kid, we would just buy cards just to have them, and we would write our names on them. We would yeah. we would set them down on the tile and play games with them. When I mean, I have some really really cool older cards, but they're all tore up. They're all written all over. They're just. But, you know, I didn't, I, I still keep them because they still have sentimental value. Like, I wouldn't give them away to anyone or anything, but. So. Yeah, and I have certain, I have certain things that I would never, ever give away or sell. Like, ever. And it's kind of the same thing. They have, like, a personal connection to it. See, that's how I, uh, that's how I look at it. Like, there's a few things that I've gotten, uh, that I've gotten from you that I wouldn't sell them for the world. I mean, they're not worth a whole lot of money, but they mean something to me. I like them. I mean, especially like if I was the guy that they were signing it for, it would be even more. So I guess a good, I guess a good comparison would be back in like 96 when Billy Wagner signed a ball for me. Like, I don't even think I, if, if somebody offered me a thousand dollars for it, I wouldn't give it to them. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know how high. They would have to bid to get that ball out of my grips, but I don't think it's yeah. possible because it means a lot to me. Right, and that's that's really it's all about that to me. So you have an amazing card collection, and they are of of Astro players, and they're all signed. So tell us a little right. bit about this amazing collection that you have. Right, so. It is my goal to get an autograph from every player who's ever appeared officially in an Astros uniform. And so right now I have 916 unique autographs from the Astros. I'm missing about 18 guys. And of those 18, I think 15 of them are on the current team. Just to know if new guys get called up, like getting Garrett Stubbs autographs. It's going to take a little bit of time. Um, there's only three three older players that I don't have yet. And so it's just, uh, it was born out of having too much stuff and having to focus. Uh, I had stuff everywhere and it was ridiculous. The girls don't like that. So, you know, you start to pare it down and pare it down until I finally was like, okay, I'm going to laser focus on, on autographs. That's going to be where I, where I find my joy in all this. So can you tell me the number again of the, of the amount of autographs that you have? Well, did you say 700? I said 900. Oh, good Uh, Lord, 900. (laughs) You have 900 cards of Astro players that that sign the cards. Well, so some of them are like, like, some are on baseballs. Like, I try to avoid baseballs because they Uh. take up a lot of room. Um, I have a few on baseballs, a couple on magazines, um, like programs. Um, but it, somewhere around 700 of those 900 are on cards. And oh. That's just it's a part of my, like, you can't touch this collection. I actually have way more autographs than that. It, it's kind of a sickness. So did you get some of these yourself when you were a young, youngster or recently? Yeah. Or how, how are you oh, getting yeah. most of these autographs? So a, a lot of the stuff from when I was a child I got just from standing there on the railing and asking players to sign cards. Um, and then as I grew up, got a little older, like in my teenage years, I would actually write to the baseball players and ask them. 
Hmm. So I got some that way. And then, uh, you know, as, a, as an adult, it's a little weird to ask somebody who's younger than you yeah. to, <laughs> to sign a baseball card. So uh, for, for more modern players, I tend to trade my older cards, my older autographs, for yeah. newer autographs. I've seen uh, players like Lance McCullers post on Twitter that if you just mail something to him at the stadium, that he'll sign it and mail it back. But I guess you you have to have the postage and whatever you need to mail it in. So, and I also yeah, I also it saw. Oh yeah, have you done that yet? Yeah, no, I still occasionally will write uh, baseball players. Um, I actually the. the People I write now, I actually write them on behalf of my son. And so I'm building a collection for my son. So those don't go into my collection, they go into his. Oh, okay. That That's a good way to get stuff at the ball game. The, the Billy Wagner ball I have, um, how I got it, and I know the people on my podcast have heard the story before, but you might not. But uh, Jose Lima... We were we were we had seats behind the uh, bullpen, and he called her down. She was probably like four. He called her down there, and he had a ha- his hands behind his back. And when she went down there, he pulled it out and gave it to her. And then, like one of the worst things I've done is later I went down there and I and I was getting Lima's attention, and he turned around. I asked him, "Hey, can you get Billy Wagner?" Because he was my favorite player. <laughs> and I could I could have had the I could have had both of their names on that one ball, so that was very dumb yeah. of me. I was just so yeah, I was just focused on getting Billy Wagner's that you know I really messed yeah. up there. And there was another time they were doing signings at Academy, and I wanted Colby Rasmus's autograph and uh, Steve Sparks and. Uh, Brad Peacock were at the table, and I blew both of them off because all I wanted was, yeah, this was before they won the World Series and before Brad Peacock was a hero, and and I regretted that too. So if anyone's listening, any time you get a chance to get an autograph from any of these guys, you need to take advantage of it. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree, yeah. And, And the public signings are a great way to do it. They're well run. They're fast. All right, folks. I used well, to love the public signs. Yeah. Well, they they didn't even come here this year. So I, I was pretty disappointed. But usually we have to yeah, wait in line at Academy. But there, it was pretty weak. Honestly, since they won the World Series, they've kind of chilled out on the public interaction side, and I kind of get it. it it's, it's. I'm not super happy that they don't interact as much, but. I get it. There's a lot more Astros fans now than there were in 2013. I think I think another thing about it probably is that the guys are bigger stars. Right. I mean, back when it was Matt Dominguez and Chris Carter and whoever yeah. else was on the team, I mean, they probably Chris they Carter probably weren't that sought after. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with special guest Billy Neal also known as Astros A to Z. I got some more questions for you. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back. So now let me ask you this. Um, Tell me how you got started selling the cards. That's how I know you on Twitter. Astros A to Z, 
every day. Not, I maybe not every day, but I always see you selling cards, and I'm just curious how you got started doing this. So it started totally by accident. Uh, just a random user messaged me. Um, so I, I made Astro's A to Z to promote my website, which is Astro's A to Z dot com. And what's funny is most of my followers don't even know that the website exists now. Um, but it never really took off. It never really got any traction. I would get a few followers here and there, but it wasn't a You know, I wasn't blowing anybody out of the water. And then one of my followers messaged me, and they were trying to sell like a 10-card lot of George Springer cards. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll throw you a retweet, but it, you know, that doesn't, you can't sell just common cards. And within like 30 seconds, he told me. And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> is there a market here? Um, because I'm teaching at schools that kind of are uh, economically disadvantaged. So my kids don't get a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, I can use this to try and raise money. So I started offering cards to raise the money for my classroom. Um, using like donors choose and then just straight getting just getting money to buy supplies for my kids and, and it took off like Astro's Twitter has been unbelievably good to my classroom and my kids still are like who are all these strangers who keep buying us stuff yeah so are you amazed how this took off oh yeah no I would have never ever ever imagined that I would be able to use Twitter as a vehicle to make my classroom better. Yeah, these uh, there there's some people on Twitter that you know they're arguing, and you kind of think almost everybody's a bunch of jerks. But you know, when, yeah. when but when you need someone to uh, step up, they're they're actually really good people. I told you the story the other day about. I'm sure you saw them, the videos that Julia Morales and Blummer made for my wife. I had just posted those to see if that would be a good idea. And everybody was just trying to buy them for me. They're like, well, I'll get it for you. I'll get it for you. So I was pretty blown away, too. So I could imagine uh, how you feel in your situation. So you're you're making this money to help your kids in your classroom. So what is the money going towards? It goes towards uh, the, the stuff that's purchased from my classroom is kind of twofold. There's there's the education material type stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Astro's Twitter has paid for 3D printers. Um, they've paid for coding books. They've paid for uh, like basic tools like dremels and drills and hammers and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, things that my kids would not have had access to otherwise because they're well beyond the budget of our school. Um, and then I also have, um, I have a subset of kids that don't uh, necessarily get fed regularly. They, they get fed at school, but not necessarily at home. Yeah. And so a lot of what I, um, a lot of what Asher's Twitter raises goes to putting food in my, I have like a little cupboard in my classroom. And so the kids just at any point can just get up and get food out of the cupboard. Um, no questions asked. I don't even know like what your situation is at home. They just go and eat it. They need to eat. Because 
good. They're, they're like super cool kids, man. I, I love these kids. And if the difference between them being successful or failing at school that day is that they ate a packet of peanut butter crackers, mm-hmm. I'm going to eat a packet of peanut butter crackers. Wow. So, do you think a lot of people know this on Twitter? They're, I mean, they're just, they, like, I knew you were helping your students, but I just thought you were buying 3D printers and all this fancy stuff, but you're actually helping them out by feeding them. That's amazing that you do that. I don't know who knows or doesn't. That's not something, you know, I don't like to advertise that, you know, I teach kids that they're homeless. Because that's kind of the, that's kind of the kids' business and not my business to put out there. Hmm. I mean, but I think that the majority of the people know that they're, even if they don't understand, like, exactly how they're helping, they know that they're doing something good. And, and it's cool that you just want to do something good. Okay. Well, hopefully, the listeners that I have will, well, let me tell you what we're going to do, folks. I have Billy on the show. And we, he's, he brought, he didn't, I mean, I'm saying he brought three cards with him, but virtually, he's virtually bringing three cards. And what we're going to do is auction those off. And so he's going to tell you about the cards and then we'll auction them off and we'll tell you who the winner is next week. Whoever bids the highest, you can send me a text at 210-919-1695. You can do it that way, or you can get a hold of either one of us on Twitter and put your bid in. And we'll go till next Thursday at the same time. We'll go till four o'clock and we'll let you know who wins. So a crazy thing is that the three cards we had picked, I showed a friend of mine and he he wanted to buy all three of them. So do you have doubles of those? Can you you got three extra ones you can Bull in because those three we wanted to sell are gone. Yeah, no, I, I got I got you three new cards. Okay, so my buddy got them. He knows who he is. Thank you very much. If you're yeah, listening to this podcast, you you can see where your money's going, and you're a very good guy. So thank you, thank you very much. All right, so tell us about the three cards. What's the first one you brought? All right, so I, I kind of went with different eras here. So the first card is a, uh, is a 1982 Donruss card of Bill Verdone. And some of the listeners may not know who he is, mm-hmm. but he was the first manager of the Astros to take us to the playoffs. So he managed the Astros in 1980, the first time we actually made the playoffs. Um, he was He's a legend. You should go read about him if you don't know about him. He was, he was amazing. Did, um, is this one of the... The uh, signatures that you got by yourself? Yeah, that one I got personally. Because <laughs> he, he managed the Astros until, I want to say, I know how Lanier replaced them. Mm-hmm. I think how Lanier replaced them in like 88. So this card, the first card, a uh, former manager from the Astros took him to the playoffs. You handed him the card. He signed it, and he handed it back to you. That's card number one, folks. Okay, what do you got? Card number two. All right, card number two is, is your, your boy that you just mentioned, Billy Wagner. So I've got a, a signed upper deck card of Billy Wagner from uh, 2000. And everybody should know who Billy Wagner is. Yeah. He's still, in my mind, the greatest closer to ever play for the Astros. 
and one of my favorite players, and the guy that signed the ball for me. That's right. All star. In the Hall of Fame. It was almost a crime. He's not in the Hall of Fame. So how did you get this one? That one, I that one, I mailed him a letter as a teenager, and he he wrote me back. So was this back in two thousand? Yeah, it would have been around two thousand, two thousand one. Wow. So, so we're going to auction off a card that you got signed by Billy Wagner over twenty, almost twenty years ago. That's amazing. MV uh, All Star uh, should be a Hall of Famer. It'll be a, a crime if he's not. So, yeah, absolutely. So, do you have anyone not named Bill or Billy for card number three? Because <laughs> your name is Billy. Me. I see. I see a theme here. My name is Billy. Yeah, but that, that was pure coincidence. I okay. Think about that. All right. So, so for our last card, we can go with Luis. Does that sound good? The uh, the last card is actually the Batsilter Supreme, and, and may he rest in peace. His end was tragic. But we have Luis Balboina. Um, he actually signed this card at a. Uh, they used to do a Father's Day thing at Minute Park that they stopped doing last season. It was called Picnic in the Park. They, and he actually signed this card at Picnic in the Park. Huh. I thought they did do that. Oh, no. They, they stopped doing it this year. Hmm. So, you got you had this one signed, too? Yep. No, this one was signed uh, in person so at a Picnic in the Park. Wow. And when was this? When Just what year when he was at the Astros? I want to say that it was 2015, but it could have been 2016. Because I went both years. I just don't remember which year that was. So we got Louis Valbuena. I'm like 90% sure it was 2015. So which one out of these three is your favorite card? So I have a soft spot for vintage. Like cards that were printed, you know, well, like the 1982 when I was a year old. Cards um, oh. were printed before I was born. Getting getting those old-timer, like those legendary Astros to sign those things, yeah. that, that that makes me, that just makes me smile whenever I get like, even if you've never heard of the guy before, like getting those autographs is always super cool to me. So let me ask you this. You, you want all the Astros autographs. Does this include the Colt 45s? Yes. In fact, the... The hardest autograph to get, the, the the holy grail of Astros autographs was a Colt 45 player, and who? I will probably never get it. And who is that? That is, he was a pitcher in the all all rookie game in 1964 named Jay Dahl. Hmm. And like Jay Dahl store for Cole, he was drafted at 17, was called up to the all rookie game at 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, got destroyed because he was a rookie and he wasn't ready for the majors yet. Um, so his career ERA is like 32 or something. Went back to the minor leagues, pitched a one-hitter, pitched a no-hitter, and then went out to celebrate with one of his friends. They got a little too, a little too much celebration. Mm-hmm. They got into a car wreck and he was killed. So he died at 18 years old. Oh wow! Played one game, one game to the Colt Forty Fives, and his, he is the he's one it, of the rarest autographs in the history of baseball. His he has cards out there though. No, no, he never had a card. Oh wow! 
Yeah. So do there you, are a few pictures. Do you know how many? From the All Star games. Um, do you know how many uh, autographs there are out there? So I'm aware of two, um, and they're in collections that they will probably never leave. Wow. They'll be buried with those collectors. So, so you may I'm never. To, uh, yeah, you, I may never get it. You may never finish this collection. Yeah, it's, it's always possible that I will not finish the collection, but that's part of the fun, man. Like, if yeah. it was easy, it wouldn't be fun. So you have 900 autographs from Astros, and you're going to hand these down to your son? If he wants them. Yeah. Uh, well, I, hopefully he we, does. We had a daughter a week ago, so if, she want, if he doesn't want them, she can take them. If not, they can just bury him with me. There's a lot of female Astro fans, so so she, oh, might, yeah. she might want them. She doesn't know she's an Astros fan yet, but she is an Astros fan. Yeah, I'm like I grew up in Oklahoma, and my kids were both born in Texas uh, 22, 24 years after I moved here. Well, actually, that's not true. I don't even know how to do the math. But I was, I was 22 and 24 when they were born. And so they've lived here 26 or 24 years, never lived in Oklahoma, and they both love the Sooners. And okay. both and my son loves the Astros, so he's he just loves whatever. I it, it's it's very hard not to like what your dad likes. It's very hard. And then it gives you that bonding. So so my my son loves the Astros just because he loves to watch things with me. Yeah, that's what it is. It's all about bonding. Okay, so say the three cards one more time before we go. All right, so we got Bill Verdone. Manager of the first Astros team to make the playoffs. Billy Wagner, the greatest closer in Astros history. And Luis Valbuena, the bat-flipping champion of the universe. All right, folks. So just send in your bids. We're going to auction these off to help these kids out. And uh, 210-919-1695. Or get a hold of Billy or myself on Twitter. Billy, I appreciate you joining the show and uh, I really loved your story. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. It's been fun. All right. That's it for now, folks. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.